so that's been a big shift in my life is like oh I actually can um heal this thing that I've had for a long time but it's going to take time and it's going to take energy and it's going to take focus and I'm going to have to shift uh, my life a little bit in order to do that but I think it's worth it because that's in a way like the path of least resistance give up or get up so what do you actually do is it hard to memorize all those lines do you get nervous can you cry on cue the podcast for artists and dreamers let's talk about resilience and mental strength i'm bianca welcome to my podcast okay ready okay great hello devin <laughs> again thank you for being on my podcast for round number two <laughs> how are you doing Good, thanks. How are you? Good. I'm doing very well. Things are looking up. Finally, some sun and some fun in Berlin again. I was at the theater for the first time since lockdown um, this Friday, and it was just the most exciting thing ever. <laughs> I swear to God, I almost cried like in the theater. <laughs> it was just so nice to like see some live performance again. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we uh, tried this last week, but then we had some internet issues. So, <laughs> to everyone listening, this is our second round. <laughs> and it'll be even better. Oh, yeah. Today I'm, I'm much more on, I think. Oh, great. Oh, that's awesome. Actually, I listened to, the, I listened to our thing that we recorded last time because I was thinking of just jumping in. But then I was like, all we talked about were jaw problems. <laughs> Yeah, I think let's start over. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so let me just introduce you quickly. So um, we met in Florence. Um, I did a Commedia dell'arte acting program there with NYU. And you uh, came in as one of the teachers to teach us like on camera Commedia dell'arte. <laughs> Um, and so basically you're lots of things. You're a coach, you're an actress, you're a caster. Um, and now you're newly an NYU faculty member, right? Yes. At the new school, where is it? At the new studio on Broadway. At the, the new studio. Uh, musical theater. New yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, yeah, exactly. The new studio on Broadway. Um, and uh, you were in the casting department of House of Cards, which is very cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so how is your new um, job going as official NYU faculty? It's great. I mean, it, it really feels like an incredible, it's an incredible job. <laughs> so I feel super lucky. Are you teaching in person? There. We did, um, so last semester was in person with masks and then it was sort of hybrid. So I had some students who were on, on a screen, which was, mm. it was a, ch it was really challenging as the teacher, but it also became sort of a fun challenge of like, wow, how do we, how do we do this? How do I have students in class doing scenes with students over Zoom? And mm. um, we actually had a lot of fun kind of figuring it out <laughs> and like using multiple computers and, you know, multiple cameras. Um, so that was last semester. And then this semester before that, it was all on Zoom. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Mm -hmm. 
And what, so you're teaching also Comedia, like you said, with masks? No, no, I don't teach any Comedia. No, um, right? th no just that's, I mean, what masks like, like coronavirus ah, masks. Yeah. I was thinking <laughs> of the Comedia masks that we were using. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole different mask connotation. So what, yeah. what are you teaching? Um, just acting, advanced acting. And, um, advanced acting mm -hmm. cool a lot of the stuff that I've just learned over the years from really great teachers so some of what I learned from Jim at Jim Calder who you worked with over in, mm. in Florence and then a lot of what I learned from Olympia Dukakis who was my mentor yeah and a lot of yeah just different things from Larry Moss and I studied with Terry Knickerbocker so it's it's really fun to teach because I finally feel like all these things that I've learned over the years from different people, I kind of uh, put it all together. So it's, it's um, I don't know how to explain it really. It's just mm. like, I kind of have everybody. So now you found your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, it kind of translates into my own voice. So it's been interesting. That's, I love that. That's really cool. And I also think teaching is such an interesting thing. Um, because it really validates, first of all, what you've learned. And also, it's such a specific skill, I feel like, to transport what you've learned or what you know, you know, to somebody else instead of just being an actor or just doing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's that in-between space of like, okay, I know this thing. How am I going to get it to you? Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Very cool. So, so let me just dive right in and ask you, since, you know, I started this podcast during Corona, it's called Give Up or Get Up, <laughs> which is always, um, always valid, not just during Corona, but, you know, especially during Corona for us artists, I think it was a bit of a tough time. Um, what is it, Devin, that drives you, that sort of drives your career and like what, you know, sort of also drove you in this like little quiet um, time? Like, how have you used that? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think in general, I'm just kind of driven by curiosity. I mean, I'm, mm. I'm not a super... Um, what the word I'm looking for is I'm not super driven in that like I, don't <laughs> I love have, that like I know what you mean I, yeah <laughs> I don't have like motivational quotes like all over my home I'm just thinking about like what's like I'm always thinking well what's the next step on my journey like is it something that I'm trying to develop inside of myself or like you know in my own learning or is there something that I feel the need to share or so I just kind of go one step at a time thinking like what would be interesting to do next mm. um so I you know it's not that I'm not driven like I obviously have like long-term goals and I'm thinking about maybe I want to go back to school or you know maybe I want to do I want to do more teaching do I want to do the same kinds of teaching do I want to learn a different skill set you know I've always got those kind of thoughts in my mind but I think the best kind of advice I ever got was like follow your bliss do what makes you happy mm. and follow your curiosity rather than like a path that you think is going to get you somewhere because you it might not 
<laughs> take you where you think it's taking you. you yeah. Know, it's kind of if you if you do something that doesn't feel right, um, because you think there's a greater outcome, I've just found that that's not usually how it works. Yeah. Well, it it seems like you are driven, but just maybe in a healthy way. <laughs> Not in a sense that, oh, I have these goals. I need to win an Oscar by the time I'm, I don't know, 30, you know. Yeah. It seems like you're just like following, yeah, following your bliss instead of outside goals, sort of, instead of things that like other people can give you or like sort of things that mark your achievement. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just found it too stressful, honestly. Yeah, like, it's quite stressful. <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't have control over that. So why would I put all of my energy and focus in to get something that I don't have control over? What I do have control over is like what I do each day. Mm. And yeah. so, or, or what I learn or what I share um, or who I'm around. So I I did. I wasn't always like this, but I've been trying more and more as I get older to focus on those things because I find it actually makes me happier and has led me to more success. Just kind of as a surprise. Yeah, yeah, because it's not so forced. The success yes, <laughs> it can just it's... come. Nice. That's beautiful. So, um, can you tell me uh, a little bit about your casting? approach or like just your experience as a caster on house of cards or in general um it's always really great as an actor to hear how the <laughs> opposite side of the table is looking at um castings and like what you know even when you coach your students for castings or something like what are the points that you highlight or like that that are important yeah i mean it, there's a lot of different things to talk about mm. but I think the most important thing that I could probably share with anybody listening is that casting directors are not looking for your talent like they're okay. not judging you so many actors think oh I'm gonna go audition and the casting director is gonna see my talent and cast me in something or they're not gonna think I'm talented and I'm not gonna get the part And that's actually way too basic. Like that is not what's happening mm -hmm. at all. What's happening is that when you're when you work in casting, you're having conversations with the writers, the directors, and the producers. You are trying to put together a a, a whole world. Like you know, you're part of the team, so you're you're in all of those creative conversations, and then you're trying to find real people to bring the script to life and in a very particular way. I mean, you need people, the way they look, the way they sound, mm -hmm. how, how do they, are they believable together? Like, do these five people fit in the same world? Mm -hmm. I mean, think about Star Trek is a different world than Law and Order. You're going to see different kinds of actors on those shows. Mm -hmm. So a lot of your job as casting is really trying to figure out where people might fit. Yeah. And, you know, also, I've never judged anyone's talent. It's, it's usually like, oh, wow, this person came in and they really told the story in an interesting way. Mm. Uh, you know, wow. Or they really brought something to life that I didn't see in the script. Or they made something clear that was sort of unclear. 
Mm-hmm. So it's more about, you know, the the storytelling and the creativity of everything than actors, I think, because they don't get a lot of feedback throughout the whole process, often feel like, oh, I went in, I auditioned, and I didn't get the part, so that must mean I didn't do a good job. Mm. Or I went, you know, I, I guess they didn't like me. And it's like, no, there's so many factors, and I know lots of people who go in and audition and then or I used to be on the side of casting and you see auditions you go wow that person is great they're just not right for this part mm-hmm. so I'm going to keep them in my mind and when the right thing comes along I'm I'm going to call them mm. yeah yeah I think that goes back to like the trust also that you know as an actor you can have in yourself and to not mm-hmm. always to just trust that when you fit the part it'll be right I think yeah. that's a really interesting re- thing because I've also been struggling with that. I'm taking acting lessons here in Berlin and, um, you know, I'm, I've been thinking a lot about just um, standing on stage and being looked at and like sort of judged or it feels like you're f- being judged. And um, for example, also, I really um, would not like to perform a monologue in front of someone who's not an actor. I mean, it's, it's except when it's in the theater, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But because it feels even more like you're being judged and then they think, like, if they think the monologue is bad, then they think I'm a bad actor or whatever. And, it, like, I've just been realizing it goes back to that. It's, it feels like, like acting, if somebody thinks I'm a bad actor, <laughs> like, if I think that somebody thinks I'm a bad actor, which is already such a weird thing, like, what even is a bad actor um <laughs> but then I just you know feel like I've totally failed as a person <laughs> so I think it for to me like I'm starting to realize and starting to you know trying to embrace that that it goes back to that self-love and trusting your own instincts um and and doesn't matter if somebody thinks you're a bad actor <laughs> Like what and what you just said, I think goes in that because in the end, it matters if you fit the part. Yeah, and I like what you said. Like, what even is a bad actor? True. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if you feel like a bad actor, well, what does that mean? Does that mean you weren't prepared for the audition? Does that mean you felt it was great and you didn't get called back, which is just you're looking for some kind of validation, mm. or does it mean? you didn't know how to you didn't quite know how to do that script and so maybe you need to go back to class like you're not just gonna be a bad talentless human (laughs) right there's maybe you need to you're a bad talentless human (laughs) that's very rare I've never encountered that so it's it's more like no you have to do a self-assessment of like oh maybe I need to work on my self-confidence like maybe I've just been getting feedback in all my acting classes and now I'm in an arena where I'm auditioning and I'm not getting feedback Mm. and I need to work on accepting that I do the work and that I leave and that the work speaks for itself and regardless of how anyone feels about it I know in my heart that that was I did good work I'm proud of that work I told the story or like on the flip side of that, like I said, like I think there's a real honesty that you have to have as an actor and, and a real humility in that sometimes you're going to get a role and you're not going to know how to play it. And like I think there's a lot of value in saying, oh my God, this role is so vulnerable. I don't know how to do that. I need to go back to class and really work mm. on 
work on this part of me yeah so that I can bring it to my work yeah yeah it really shows you what you need to work on as a human <laughs> yeah it's it's um gosh being an actor is is a never-ending <laughs> sort of <laughs> self um you know introspection of like well what do I what's next what am I going to work on next do you actually still um work a lot as an actor or re have you really dived into like teaching and casting yeah I've really stopped acting uh probably about four years ago ah uh, really like you've totally stopped acting yeah I, I do a little bit um here and there but not much mm. um I'm sure I'll go back to it one day I just I don't know I just started teaching a lot and was like oh this is more interesting to me than the acting and um, seeing it was also yeah no continue yeah and, and it just felt um teaching feels less precious to me like acting I was mm -hmm. always uh worried or like if my body couldn't sustain you know a long speech or I was having some <laughs> vocal difficulties so I was a lot more nervous as an actor but mm. as a teacher I'm like no I, I understand acting pretty much inside and out and mm. I really enjoy teaching it and experiencing the plays through my students so mm. I don't necessarily have to experience them through me that's lovely um, mm -hmm. but that's that's also where I'm at right now like in a couple of years I might dive back into acting I don't know sure sure yeah Yeah. Ah, that's lovely. I like that. And what's, um, what do you think is sort of the most important thing that you've learned as a teacher through your students or that you, like, w what's your approach um, that, like, the thing that you like to um, do, you know, with your students when working on a monologue or a speech? Yeah, I guess I... Um I guess I'm asking you what like your teaching method is, but that's a complicated question, I guess, because it's probably a lot of different things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think what I've really learned and I continue to learn is just how different each of us is. Mm. Like human beings at our core, like, yes, we're very similar. Well, we want like we want to be seen. We want to be loved. We want to love someone or something. <laughs> but um, each person's journey is very complicated mm. and... I think sometimes as a teacher, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, kind of figure out quickly in the moment, like, what's going to work for this person? Is it going to be an imagination, you know, exercise? Or do they need to stop and talk about how they're feeling right now? Or do they not need to stop and talk about anything? Like, do they just need to do it again? Mm. Um, that each of us is, is different. And so I don't like to treat any two students the same way mm -hmm. um, I, and I think probably because that's how I really appreciated being taught was a more um, individualized you know sort of um, experience so there's definitely that and then I think the other thing that I've learned is that there's no wrong way to do something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I like to teach that It's like there's no wrong way to do an exercise. Mm. Even if you like try something and you hate it <laughs> or you can't do it, that's all valuable information. Mm -hmm. Acting is not linear. So it's not like, oh, if I do this exercise perfectly and then I do the next exercise perfectly and then I understand script analysis, I'm going to be a working actor. 
acting is about being honest with yourself and in connection with your imagination and your emotional self and having a kind of willingness to share what's going on inside of you. Yeah. So there's no wrong way to do that. Yeah. Right? Like, there are so many different avenues. That's why there's so many different acting methods. Yeah. Because one person might love Stella Adler, and one person might love Meisner, and one person <laughs> might just want to do Clown and Commedia dell'arte. And they might all be phenomenal actors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the fights <laughs> at NYU and, like the very first year you know when you got assigned your studio you read these books and you're like yes Stella Adler that is the yeah. best acting method even though I haven't even like learned it yet <laughs> and then you're like other people who are in Strasbourg you're like oh you're in Strasbourg no really don't don't like that acting method at all <laughs> and we would always have fights about what the best acting method is and now I'm just like okay this <laughs> it all blends into one in the end But I really like yeah. what you said, and I um, I remember um, I always really appreciated when I felt like a teacher was really working with me as a person and not just with me as, I don't know, an actor where they had like taught this scene or monologue a hundred times and have a set mm -hmm. um, view of how the monologue or the scene is supposed to go, and then you have to fit into that. I really loved when teachers sort of... Um, discovered like help you discover your own instincts and make the speech your own yeah yeah I think it's more fun too as a teacher it just kind of it keeps you on your toes like who it wants to exactly teach, <laughs> who wants to teach the same thing over and over and over yeah exactly um, so yeah yeah um so Devin would you share with me what um your biggest setback sort of was and how you overcame it or sort of what you think is sometimes holding you, ba you back and like what your, yeah, how you go past that. Oh, Bianca. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have my biggest setback. Um, I'm just, I'm an overthinker. I'm, I'm way, I'll get 10 steps ahead of myself and then think about all the ways that I'm going to fail mm. in, in <laughs> life. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I don't think I've figured out a way to, to, <laughs> to not do that. <laughs> I, I, I think I've just given less value to that part of my brain. Yeah. You know, I just, like, all right, I'm uh, overthinking again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's really, you can't, I, I think I just have sort of, I'm, I'm getting more comfortable owning the parts of myself that I don't necessarily like. Like, I don't like that I am that way, mm -hmm. but I am definitely, I'll overthink, I'll, I'll be pessimistic, and it's just, if I don't give it, if I have the th thoughts, but I don't give it value, then it doesn't affect my life. If it's only if you give it value mm -hmm. that it like that it was affecting my life and like making me into a nervous wreck because I was <laughs> I was really putting a lot of energy and effort like into these like you know kind of self-limiting beliefs um yeah so I don't know if that's like a great answer I feel like um I've, I don't know somebody once said like not I forgot who the quote is by but 90% in life is like 
10% in life is like what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard similar Something similar like things. that, yeah. Yeah, I think also probably, um, you know, we spoke about this last time. It's less interesting for this podcast, but I've had... No way. <laughs> I, I have like a, an issue with my jaw and mm. I've had neck difficulties that were affecting my voice. I actually thought that and was very um, interesting, by the way, the jaw conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I really did. Another podcast as I'm still discovering new things, but um, I I kept trying to sort of brush that aside and like power through, especially as an actor. I would I was always mm. like, oh yeah, like I, yes, I'm like having this discomfort and like this challenge, physically and vocally, but like it doesn't matter because like I'm just gonna work harder. Mm. And eventually, it occurred to me like, oh, this is not working. Life has given me something to deal with that I just don't want to deal with. Mm -hmm. But what if I sort of embrace it and investigate it? Um, what what might I find out? So I think just... I don't know. There's something in, like, when you come up against a challenge, maybe you don't want to deal with it, but, like, it's there. Mm -hmm. So you, you haven't you have an opportunity to dive into something and really find some long-term solutions rather than just continuing to deal with this thing on the side. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been a big shift in my life is like, oh, I actually can um, he heal this thing that I've had for a long time. But it's going to take time and it's going to take energy and it's going to take focus and I'm going to have to shift uh, my life a little bit in order to do that but I think it's worth it because that's in a way like the path of least resistance mm -hmm. yeah absolutely it's difficult especially as an actor to brush past things I've also had a similar experience to that recently um, that I always have issues with my eyes um, looking at computer screens especially mm -hmm. for a little bit of time it's okay but now I was working at a casting agency um, like um, a pl casting platform here in Berlin for the past year because of corona mainly to have a stable job and um, by the end now really like the job was so horrible to me only because of my eyes like I couldn't stare at the computer all day and I just was so mad at my body and I was like Bianca what is wrong with you what is going on with your eyes like just come on and it was really pissing me off I was so angry at myself and um, then now it's actually sort of pushed me <laughs> to quit my job eventually and it's weird because it really um, was, I, I, I'm like now I feel so much lighter and great because it's really time, like things are opening up in Berlin again and it's time to focus fully on acting again and like a nine to five jobs, Monday to Friday, like you can't do acting on the side like that, you know? Um, so once I've sort of accepted that, the issue and found a way around it like I now feel so much lighter and I'm almost thankful for the issue because otherwise you know probably it would have gotten so comfortable in the job <laughs> that I never quit um, and then I also I went to 
the eye doctor and I just I got new glasses because they said something about my prescription that might have also contributed to giving me a headache and the woman in the um, shop I started talking to her and her boyfriend is a director and works at a theater here in Berlin and she connected me to him <laughs> and he's this great guy and like we had a great conversation he gave me such good advice and I just went to see one of his plays the other weekend so <laughs> it's really like this big issue that I was so angry at sort of gave me a really nice new path <laughs> wow yeah. <laughs> yeah that's amazing <laughs> i know so yeah i guess listen to your body to your issues they might be a blessing in disguise <laughs> yeah i think we're we're often taught like to just power through mm -hmm. and if something is wrong you need to work harder and it's like no if something is wrong maybe you need to take a step in a different direction mm-hmm anything especially what you described I've certainly felt of like being mad at my body yeah. and then it's like no your body's actually trying to help you <laughs> and you're just not listening mm. <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah you I yeah you gotta listen to your body <laughs> yeah um so um to sort of wrap this up Devin I uh wanted something I asked you to bring in something inspiring um sort of like what's driving you right now what what's inspiring you at the moment um you already said at the beginning that like I that I thought was very beautiful that when you teach you have all these different voices of teachers that inspire you so I think like we are inspired every day by everything around us which is why corona was a bit difficult because there was so little stimulation <laughs> Um, but what did you what did you bring in sort of um, that in inspires you at the moment? Yeah, so um, I tell this story a lot. So if anybody has been in my class or Yay. listened to me on a different recording somewhere, um, they will have heard this. But my teacher, who is a great uh, mentor in my life and a really really big influence on me was Olympia Dukakis and mm -hmm. she just passed away mm -hmm. several weeks ago and she really was all about um, being honest with yourself and acting on what you wanted and not on what you th thought you want or what other people wanted but really truly kind of diving in deep and, and figuring out what in your heart is it that you want and go after that thing, have the courage to go after it. So once um, we were in her kitchen, this is several years ago, and you know I'm typical late 20s, early 30s, kind of crying about where's my life going and what am I gonna do and <laughs> who am feeling. I, you know, <laughs> existential crisis. And she had a notepad on her, on her kitchen island and she just kind of pulled it over and put a line down the middle And on one side, she wrote, uh, what do they think? And on the other side, she wrote, what do I want and need and think? Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, she said, now, be on this side. And she pointed to the side that said, what do I want and need and think? Mm. And it was just this profound moment in my life. And I, I saved the paper and I have it <gasps> framed. Oh my god, wait, can I see? 
<laughs> so yeah. I, I guess the podcast people are not gonna see the podcast uh, people can't see oh, but it's just so aligned piece uh, of paper and i uh, you didn't I even write down like what the things are it's just a piece of paper that you framed and it, on one side what do they think what do i think yeah it was just those that is so lovely that you framed those that. <laughs> two categories um because what other people think of you doesn't really matter mm-hmm. like at all and we often put so much Uh, weight on what other people think and even like Mm -hmm. subconsciously will take in other people's beliefs and other people's wants Uh, but that's not what life is about and yeah so I just I keep this near me because it reminds me to always check in with what do I want and it's always changing and I guess Mm -hmm. I like that that's why there's nothing else written here ah that's so beautiful because it (laughs) it just it can it can and will and should continue to evolve and change of what do I want and what do I need and what do I think mm-hmm. I love that also um, to check in with yourself keep checking it because it can change like what you want you might think it's mm-hmm. still that and you're desperately going after that but if you check in with yourself I think you're going to get the answers and also yeah. you can't ever really know what other people think <laughs> that's the thing even if they tell you you don't really know <laughs> <laughs> you don't really know <laughs> isn't that the ho- yeah it's funny it's i feel like the biggest issue of anyone would be to that they're overthinking what other people think that's like our human <laughs> yeah ah thank you so much that's really beautiful <laughs> thank you devin um for your time once again <laughs> Thank it was you so, so nice to catch up with you and to hear your inspiring stories. <laughs> It's great to see you and talk to you. <laughs> Thank you.